0: This podcast is a production of the Community Covenant Church in Eagle River, Alaska. A place where real people meet a real God to live in a real world. For more information, visit our website at www.communitycovenant.net. Well, Tyler and I met yesterday morning and we were going over today's service. And I uh, was sharing with Tyler... Uh, what I wanted to share this morning uh, with our congregation on this uh, Sunday morning a service to dedication. And uh, this morning, as I was getting ready for church, um, I was just overcome literally with a word. Um, and it just would not leave my mind. And uh, I, I stopped and I prayed, and uh, I believe this is the word I want to share with us as a congregation this morning. So I'm not going to give the message I planned on giving yesterday. But instead, uh, yeah, you don't even know what it was. You'll have to wait for another time. But instead, I, I just want to share with you um, what I believe the Lord's placed on my heart uh, and and this word. Um, the word is Surrender. Surrender. Now, what does surrender have to do with the 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 service of dedication? And and as I began just to meditate on that word surrender and think about that word uh, surrender, um, another word came to mind. I need to surrender myself fully to the Lord. every part of my being but until I realize how desperate I am for him there's still parts that I'm going to hold on to parts that I'm not going to let go of parts of my life that I think that I can manage in my own strength with my own ingenuity my own capability and natural talents Personality or disposition. It's only when I come to a place in my life and you come to a place in your lives when you realize how desperate how desperate you are how desperate we are for God for Him to do in our lives what only He can do In his power and in his strength. Only then can we fully realize what it means to pursue Christ and his priorities in the world. I've shared this story with you before, but I remember a time early in my life as a pastor when I was walking home from church and uh, I was thinking about all the godly men that were just living examples of of men whose lives were submitted to Christ and, and I just admired them. I looked up to them. They were my role models early, early on. I remember walking home one evening. It was a clear night, looking up into the stars and just crying out to God. It would be something like this. Oh God, why can't I be a man like Ralph Fondell? Or oh God, why can't I be a man like Hank Pearson? Those kind of men in that church. What a great witness. And I remember that evening hearing something. Just it just inside my the core of my being were these words. Todd, quit trying so hard. Only I can make you into the man that you desire to be, that I have purpose for your life. I'll never forget that. was an important moment in my life, in my development as a follower of Jesus, but it was really a moment in which I was being called to surrender. And it was in that desperation of the moment when I recognized for all my trying, for all my attempts, for everything I had done, I still, in my own strength, had fallen miserably short, and could never measure up to the full stature of what it meant to live into Christ Jesus, let alone follow the example of the godly men in that church that I aspired and and longed to be. And as I think of the service of dedication, I think of us as a church. Although we are many individuals, God has called you and me into one body. And that's into Christ. Christ. And in Christ's body, we have a new identity. Yes, we're individuals, and yet we have a new corporate identity, which is Christ Himself. And so as a church, as we think about what it means to pursue Christ and Christ's priorities in the world... I think that word surrender is an important word. That we surrender ourselves fully, fully, all of ourselves to the Lord Jesus. And that as we pursue Him and His priorities in the world together, that we recognize how desperate we are for Him. You know, I was thinking about the Scripture that uh, we as a church identified as, as our narrative. Of course, the last two weeks we've been thinking about that passage. Matthew 14. And as I was thinking about it, I was reminded of Jesus in verse 27 of Matthew 14. He says, But Jesus immediately said to them, Take courage, it is I, don't be afraid. Of course, they're on on the Sea of Galilee, and the the wind and the waves have come up. And the disciples look, and they, they see Jesus walking towards them, and he appears to be like a ghost on the water. No, no, it is I, don't be afraid, take courage. And then Peter says, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come to you on the water. Verse 29, come, Jesus says. Then Peter got down out of the boat and walked on the water and came towards Jesus. But when he saw the wind, he was afraid and beginning to sink, he cried out, save me, save me. Immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. You of little faith, he said, why did you doubt? And when they climbed into the boat, the wind died down. Then those who were in the boat worshiped him saying, truly you are the son of God. You see, Peter said, Lord, if you call me, I'll come. I'll surrender fully to you in this situation. To, to do something that I could never do without you, without your call, without your purpose. And so he took that first step of surrender. He stepped out of the boat. But then he had to learn surrender and desperation go hand in hand. For when he began to sink, he cried out, Lord, save me. That's desperation. That's desperation. And the Lord reached out and saved him. And so in this passage, we see both surrender and desperation. And we, as followers of Jesus, we, we need to learn and to live in the reality of both those things. I remember as a teenager, not much older than Thad Heggie, on the beach of Southern California, Huntington Beach. And I had followed some friends swimming out beyond the first set of, of waves and breakers and uh, I ducked my head to go under a wave I came up and my friends were gone nowhere to be found and there I was at that time a less than average swimmer alone and I was in trouble but you know what I didn't want anybody to know it you know how teenage guys are what would people think right you know how adult men and women can be What would people think? And I remember thinking to myself, I'm in trouble. And there was no one around me. And all of a sudden, here comes my worst nightmare. A lifeguard. (laughs) Swimming towards me with this long red buoy wrapped around his shoulder as he's swimming. And he says, here! Grab on to the buoy. And you would think I would surrender and recognize my desperation. I said, no, that's okay, I'm fine. (laughs) And he said, no, grab on to the buoy. You're not okay. I know you're not okay. I've been watching you. And so I reached out and I grabbed onto the buoy and we swam back to shore. And I remember thinking to myself how close I came to death because I wasn't willing to surrender. I wasn't willing to acknowledge my desperation. You know, as we move forward in this journey together as a church. As we pursue Christ and His priorities in the world, Jesus wants to meet each of us here in whatever place that we are today. Whatever place. Whether you have been a a believer for three decades or you've been a believer and a follower of Jesus for three months it doesn't matter He wants to meet us in this place and He's called us all together here in this place as His body and He's called us together because we're all here individually yet corporately to pursue Christ together and His priorities in the world For some of us, He's calling us out of the boat. He's calling us to surrender. I don't know what that means to you. But I pray that this morning in this service, the Holy Spirit of God would grab a hold of your heart. You would open your ears to hear and to receive whatever it is He has for you. Whatever He's calling you to surrender. Perhaps for someone today, it's surrendering your life to Jesus Christ for the very first time. That initial step of faith. And then for others of us, perhaps we've surrendered, but we haven't surrendered everything. Perhaps in our pride or in our strength, Or perhaps in our fear that somehow God is going to reject us because of our weakness. We're not willing to cry out in desperation, Oh God, save me. Save us. I believe that vitality, spiritual vitality, spiritual wholeness comes to those who surrender. That surrender motivated by a desperation. And I believe that a church that has surrendered, a church that is motivated out of its desperation to say, we want to be the people of God that you desire us to be here at Community Covenant. But Lord, we are desperate for you only then can we live into the fullness of all God intends for us in this place. Only then can we walk in the footsteps of those who have gone before us. We, we learned about that last week. The Reynolds, the Pearsons, the Fondells, and many others who would be the first to acknowledge that, that their faith came from a A heart of surrender and an acknowledgement of desperation. And so, really, what is it we're dedicating ourselves to do today? To, To surrender ourselves fully. To acknowledge our desperation. To say, Lord, save us to be the church, the people that you have called us to be. Help us to live in the fullness of all that that means in this place, in this context, at Community Covenant Church. You know what the wonderful thing about that is? That's, That's a call that God wants each of us to respond to. That's a call to pursue Christ and His priorities in the world. That's what this is all about. That's what he's calling us to. You know, as I thought about what it means to, to live into the fullness of Christ, individually and corporately. And I think about surrender and desperation. I'm reminded of Paul's prayer for the Ephesians in Ephesians 3, chapter 3, verse 14. For this reason I kneel before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth derives its name. I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you through His Spirit in your inner being, Verse 17. So that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's people to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. And then he concludes with these words. And may it be true for our church as we pursue Christ." In His priorities as we cry out, acknowledging, Lord, that we surrender and that we are desperate for You. Now to Him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. Did you hear that? He can do immeasurably more than all we can ask or imagine. According to His power that is work within us. To Him be glory in the church and in Jesus Christ through all generations forever and ever. Amen.
1: When Jesus was with His followers... One of the things that he said at a very poignant moment, it was just before he went to the cross, he'd had communion with them, he had washed their feet, trying to demonstrate his love for them. And one of the things he said: this is how people are going to tell that you've been with me. It's how you love one another. In this process that we've been in, we put together um, a relational covenant inside your worship guide. We have that for you. On one side is the relational covenant. On the other side is the ten missional markers that we want to be signs or evidences that God is at work here. Um, but right now we're going to show you a video uh, that we put together that just presents the relational covenant. I want to invite you to, to watch and to consider um, in your own heart and life where is God maybe calling you forward. So let's, let's watch that together.
0: By the power of the Holy Spirit,
1: we are guided into a relational covenant with one another. In accordance with Scripture and following Christ's example, we are called to express the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control by treating all with dignity and respect. Speaking the truth in love
2: and receiving the truth in love at all times. Expressing love by choosing to speak only when it builds others up and benefits those who listen. Giving grace and forgiveness to all and being willing to receive grace and forgiveness. Giving compassion to all in need and being willing to receive compassion.
0: Giving and receiving encouragement to acceptance and hospitality to and
2: from all. Humbly valuing others and placing their needs before our own.
0: Seeking to resolve conflict directly with those involved before involving others.
1: If you reach in your worship guide and uh, take out this yellow piece of paper, or yellowish ivory, anyway, I'm colorblind, but you get the idea. We would like to do uh, some time of confession, and uh, perhaps as a church that's something we could do corporately more often or better, but anyway, I wanted to read just a a statement about confession, um, to hopefully put it in a a proper light as we engage in it together. And then what I have is I have a a prayer of confession that we can pray aloud together on five slides, and what I'm going to invite us to do after each slide is just to take a moment... On this piece of paper, I want to invite you to write down anything that comes to mind that the Holy Spirit may want to, to draw your attention to. Um, maybe it's a prayer. Maybe it's a, a, a con, you know, particular sin that, that you realize, you know what, this is an area I need Christ's grace and forgiveness and his power to grow. And so we want to invite God to speak to us and to set us free from those things that uh, keep us bound. So let me just read this real quick about confession. Confession of sin to some may seem pessimistic and negative. It's a downer. Gurus of the positive psychology thinking may even regard it as negative self-talk and potentially damaging to our egos. However, true confession of sin courageously names what is true about ourselves. It refuses to simply make comparisons with others and instead acknowledges our own fallen natures in relationship to a holy, perfect God. It finds no confidence in our performance. Rather, it acknowledges that our performance in thought, word, and deed is altogether a failure on its own merit. Confession does, though, find confidence and it rejoices in the love of grace and forgiveness of our Heavenly Father. In confession, we declare that our sin does not define us, that it no longer need imprison us, and that Jesus has completely dealt with it. And we ask for God's help to leave our participation with it far behind. It places our desires to follow Christ in his kingdom priorities Ahead of other competing pursuits in our lives. So with that, I'm going to invite you to pray aloud with me this prayer of confession and we'll put the first phrase up there. We'll pray it together and I'll give you just a few seconds after each one uh, to just spend some time. Let's pray together. We are sorry, God. We confess we are often self-centered. Self reliant and godless in our pursuit of life. We have squandered time, hoarded money, avoided challenges, and used others. Take just a moment. Let's read this next part together. Let's pray it together. We often don't wait for you, we are impatient. Enduring illness stubbornly, trials reluctantly, and responsibility half-heartedly. Next slide. Together. We have doubted your care, mistrusted your providence, distorted your power, and ignored your love. Next part. We have neglected our own spiritual growth, injured our relationships, sabotaged our fellowship, and underrated your forgiveness. And the final one. Forgive us now, we pray, and let us again pursue Jesus, sensitive to your spirit, and committed to your will. I'm going to invite. I have a couple of readers as we move into inviting God to say, "God, where are you calling us to move forward? To move out? We want to look at those ten missional markers, which are biblically based, and they uh, they invite us to live into this. And where might God be calling you to to emphasize some of your energy? some of your creativity, some of your time. And I invite us to just listen to these, and uh, we'll respond to those.
3: The centrality of the Word of God. We believe that the Bible is the only perfect rule for faith, doctrine, and conduct.
2: Life-transforming walk with Jesus. We teach our people how to be attentive to Christ in all circumstances.
3: Intentional evangelism. We are burdened for the spiritual condition of those who do not yet know Christ.
2: Transforming communities through compassion, mercy, and justice. We are burdened for the hurting people in our community and beyond.
3: Global perspective and engagement. We raise the sights of our members beyond our congregation and community By developing a biblical worldview, and often pray for and reference global matters.
2: Compelling Christian community. We understand that our love for one another is a powerful testimony to the deity of Jesus.
3: Heartfelt worship. We exalt and celebrate God for who he is, what he has done, what he is doing, and what he will do.
2: Sacrificial and generous living and giving. We help people discover, develop, and deploy their spiritual gifts.
3: Culture of godly leadership. Our leaders at all levels serve with character, competence, and conviction.
2: Fruitful organizational structures. We embrace evaluation as normal and natural and work through conflict constructively.
1: Thanks guys. Hey, I meant to encourage you to take out that green piece of paper and I'm going to invite you to go ahead and do that now. Particularly if you're like a person who likes to record your thoughts. but I want to invite you just to think about those things and if one stuck out, maybe make a note to yourself. Where is God calling you to step forward, to step out? If you just take just a moment, you're going to be able to keep a hold of that green piece of paper. In a moment, I'm going to share... Or actually Pastor Todd will share a way that you can dispose of that yellow piece of paper if you so desire. Take just a moment. Our uh, usher is going to be coming forward to receive an offering, and can I just pray real quick before they do? Father in heaven, you have offered yourself, your your only son, to us, and we want to respond to you, respond to life. So as we receive a, a financial offering, Lord, may we um, just be considering. How else we 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 might respond to your spirit, your spirit's work in our heart and our life today? I pray in Jesus' name, Amen.
0: You know that's what our Lord did in the garden, as he prayed and as he cried out to the heavenly Father, "Take my life, all." of me take my life Lord he surrendered himself fully to the will of God his heavenly father